Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Julie Ort arrived at college after a major spinal cord injury, left her in a leg brace and walking with orthopedic crutches. She had to carry all her books for the day because she moved too slowly to make it back to her dorm room between classes. Her backpack was very heavy. Julie's physics class met in a large lecture hall with stadium seating. Arriving late one morning, she tried to slip into her fifth row seat, but the laws of inertia and momentum conspired against her, and sliding sideways, she lost her balance and toppled over. The class let out a collective gasp. With a cheerfulness belying her humiliation, Julie called out that she was okay and that she guessed she'd just sit where she was. Mercifully, the class laughed. The instructor came to her aid, getting her legs untangled and wrangling herself into a seat. She looked at him, pleading for him to return to the front and continue teaching. The rest of the day was a blur. She was mortified. Who had seen her? For the next four years, she'd always wonder. That evening, filled with despair, Julie hid in the back of the library, seated at a study carol, the kind with two seats facing each other and a wooden partition separating the desks. She put her head down, drowning in self-pity reliving those 50 minutes of class and unable to imagine a way out of her embarrassment. And then, at some point, a hand, just a hand, slid two warm chocolate chip cookies under the petition toward her. She leaned far to the right to see who might be on the other side. It was another student. He met her gaze, shrugged, and said, I was in physics class today. That was it. Julie ate the cookies. There's a fine line, she says now, between humiliation and humility. Concluding the story across the years, she addresses that student directly. What to you might have felt like a small kindness, she says, was something that changed me. It made me realize that even in those moments of being brought incredibly low, there are people who just want you to take that next step forward. And that's what I did for you and for me. I don't remember your face. I didn't think to ask your name, but I have never forgotten your kindness. Thank you.
Spring arrives here in Boston this morning, two minutes ago. 11.33, happy spring. How perfect that we're together for this joy. I had forgotten that it was also the first day of spring on this Sunday two years ago when Art Nava, Richard Brew, Kem Moorhead, Reverend Beth, and I gathered in this otherwise empty sanctuary, and I met you for that first service in the Zoom room as we all took shelter from the ravaging virus as it terrorized the world. This is a sermon about finding the blessing. Years ago, I heard my colleague and friend Patrick O'Neill tell this story. One day when Patrick was quite small, he'd been bullied at school. He walked home dejected. He was one of a slew of kids in his Irish Catholic family. His mother would be too busy for his tears. But the next door neighbor, a Jewish woman whose children were grown, spotted him from the porch and called him to come up onto the porch. She just made cookies. He loved this neighbor, he said. And he remembered that when he had asked his father why she had numbers inked on her inner arm, he said that bad men had done something very bad to her. As Patrick told this story years later, he marveled at her capacity for a small boy's small troubles, having suffered the depravity of a concentration camp. And he never forgot what she told him that day. When the whole story had poured out and the last of the whimpering hiccups faded, she said, Patrick, this day holds better things for you. This day holds better things for you. It was both an affirmation and a directive. Pain and sadness are never everything. The spiritual practice is to find the blessing. You may well know the biblical story of Jacob. Flawed, filled with regret, and fleeing his past, he journeys into the wilderness. Deep in the desert, he lies down to sleep and encounters a man who is revealed to be an angel. Here's just a little of it from Genesis 32. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when the man saw that he prevailed not against Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And the man said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And Jacob said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And the man said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And the man said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For thou hast wrestled with God and with man, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked the man, tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And the man said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. 
For I have seen the face of God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. The lesson is that sometimes we have to wrestle for a blessing. And sometimes we are scarred by it. Afterward, we are never the same. The spiritual practice is to find the blessing. So many months ago now, Reverend Beth exhorted us to consider the possibility of welcoming something beyond sheer misery during the great pause. I have been praying on it ever since. At least once a day, I'm horrified by the destruction this global pandemic has wrought, always starting with the senseless death of our beloved John Baptiste. But today, to honor this two-year anniversary, I invite us to dig deep and lift up the gifts we have been given in these impoverished times. I'll start. There has never been a single moment when Art Nava or a member of our tech team has said, Kim, we can't do this. They have been and remain way out ahead of me, anticipating challenges and problem solving with prodigious intellectual firepower and an arsenal of spiritual gifts, starting with curiosity, wonder, and an extravagant love of beauty. I have learned so much from Art and the tech team about landing in the moment, flexibility, nimbleness, and resilience. I was terrified that we would be overcome by the loneliness of isolation and that you would feel forsaken by our beloved spiritual community. How could a virtual gathering possibly fill that yawning chasm of despair? I remember my very first experience of Zooming with you. It was our inaugural Wednesday tea party, then and still one of my favorite times of the week. As soon as your faces began to appear in your Hollywood squares, I felt for the first time that suspension of disbelief as we sat together in our respective living rooms, drinking tea and talking, not just chatting, but over these many months now, speaking intimately from the heart, making each other laugh and cry. Your kindness to one another and to me moved me so deeply. It still does. And that was the moment I knew that no matter what, we were going to be all right. Ever since reading the chat after the Sunday service ends, I have been moved to tears countless times moved by the warmth of your welcome to one another, by your care for one another, by the presence of love within and among us. And then two years ago on Easter Sunday, gathering entirely virtually 
for our first major holiday. The Zoom room is teeming with new friends from all over the country. Suddenly, the beloved spiritual community was not limited by geography. I climbed down out of the pulpit in a state of awe, and I said to Art and the tech team, we can't go back. What I meant was we can never and we will never return to an all-in-person congregation because the church has left the church. I count that as the moment I first knew that longing for the old normal was not the right paradigm. When we were forced to face it, so much was broken about the before times. Now we are living into these times, building this road as we walk on it, keeping each other close across the miles. What gifts can you celebrate? even in the face of uncertainty, loss, and suffering. One more story. Some of you will remember this one. Many years ago, my friend Victoria and I were praying at New Mexico's El Santuario de Chimayo when a tiny, ancient Spanish woman dressed entirely in black walked into the church. Let's follow her, said Victoria. She's a holy person. Victoria knows these things. We walked behind her into the tiny room with a round hole in the center of the dirt floor where tourists fill plastic snack bags with the holy dirt of the lords of New Mexico. The woman did not stoop down for dirt. She merely stood motionless, her eyes closed, her deeply lined face quietly composed in prayer. We too closed our eyes and prayed. When I opened my eyes, I found her gazing intently with, at me with clear, dark eyes. May you be well, she said. Peace be with you. Muchas gracias, Señora, I answered, y también con usted. Victoria was ecstatic. She gave you a blessing. She said, you're blessed. The next afternoon, the bottom of Frijoles Canyon was shimmering under an August desert sun as I stood on a huge boulder and swung out over a waterfall on a deceptively thick green branch. There had been a drought. At the very moment I hung suspended over the falls, the branch snapped and I fell. This is what I saw as I somersaulted over and over and over. White water, black rocks, red canyon walls, green trees, blue sky, water, rocks, walls, trees, sky, water, rocks, walls, trees, sky. I was absolutely certain that I was about to die, that I would die as I hit the bottom. And this is what I thought. My last glimpse of the earth. So beautiful. I landed hard 
But somehow, seated upright and very much alive, up to my waist in the icy water at the shallow pool at the bottom. At the edge, my then two-year-old daughter, Jamie, was building a sandcastle. She looked up, not the slightest bit impressed by how I had arrived there, fixed her clear, dark-eyed gaze on me for just a moment and said, oh, hi, mommy. <laughs> for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. My left wrist was shattered, but I walked up out of the canyon streaming with joy to be alive for another chance at life here on earth, streaming with gratitude that it was my arm and not my head that had taken the rocks, streaming with awe at the vivid, pulsing beauty of the Eden of the canyon. I was delirious with joy. I only have to remember, and I am blessed with it again. It was a very small price to pay for such a great blessing. And for months after that epic fall, I wore something resembling a stainless steel erector set on my forearm, screwed right into my bones. Mostly I covered it up, but when the sales clerk at the old radio shack on Boylston Street wanted to see it, I unwrapped it to show him he passed out and slid down behind the counter. <laughs> Strangely, I felt incredibly powerful. Not because my fixator was fearsome, but ironically, because my brokenness was showing. Spotting my hardware everywhere I went, everyone talked to me, went out of their way to tell me about their boo-boos. Wounds that showed and wounds that did not. I'd been told I would never use this arm again. On the day my surgeon triumphantly unscrewed his masterpiece, I wept. I was so grateful. And I didn't want to go back into hiding. There is so much power in powerlessness. Perhaps the pandemic has been our collective fall, can be our collective awakening, our collective breaking open and coming out of hiding. The spiritual practice is to find the blessing. Beloved spiritual companions, with Julie Ort making her way after a terrible accident, let us remember that even in those moments of being brought incredibly low, there are people who just want us to take that next step forward. With Patrick O'Neill's neighbor who survived the Holocaust, let us affirm together, this day holds better things for you. With Jacob who wrestled with an angel, let us remember that while sometimes we are scarred by it and afterwards we are never the same, sometimes we have to wrestle for a blessing. What gifts can we celebrate 
even in the face of uncertainty, loss, and suffering. There is so much power in powerlessness. I close with the words of Belgian-American poet May Sarton. Every day now, we meet it face to face. Every day now, devotion is the test. Through the long hours, the hard, caring nights, we are forging a new union. We are blessed. As closed hands open to each other, closed lives open to strange tenderness. We are learning the hard way. Who says it is easy? But we have the power. I watch the faces deepen all around me. It is the time of change, the saving hour. The word is not fear, the word we live, but an old word suddenly made new. And we learn it again as we bring it alive. Love, 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 love. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your hearts and namaste. I bow to the divine in you. Theologian, organist, and physician Dr. Albert Schweitzer said, at times, our own light goes out and is rekindled by a spark from another person. Each of us has cause to think with deep gratitude on those who have lighted the flame within us. Let us keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen. Peace.
please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.